Welcome everybody to Fergon the Freak. My name is the Glorious League Freak. This is episode 179 and I am joined by Julie from RugbyLeagueMums.com. How are you, Julie? I'm good. How are you, Freaky? I'm pretty good. Uh, now, we just watched a massive, massive victory by the Sydney Roosters over the Brisbane Broncos. In Brisbane, the Roosters won 59 points to nil. It is the first time that the Broncos have been kept to nil at home. Uh, it's their biggest loss of all time. Uh, the the Roosters scored 10 tries. Kyle Flanagan kicked 9 of 10 conversions. Luke Keary kicked a field goal in the 39th minute. It was 29 to nil at half time. And the big stat was that the Roosters had possession for 64% of the game. Um, now, the Broncos were absolutely terrible in this match, and they had a lot of players out, but this felt like the sort of game that gets a coach right in the hot seat, didn't it? Yeah, it was an absolutely terrible, terrible game. I I don't know what's happened to the Broncos. This isn't the Broncos that I knew. Mm. And it's not like they don't have talent though like they've got so much talent and there's a lot of it's young talent but that I think a professional team should not give up nearly 60 points a game in the NRL yeah this seems like not even like a B team playing it or even a reserve grade it seems like I don't know park footy being played against professionals it really did yeah it was like they were uh taken on a, a much, much higher level of opponent that they had no right to be out there with. Um, and the, the crazy thing was, it was basically from kickoff. There was no point where the Broncos looked like they're in this match. And you've got to wonder whether this will be the start of Anthony Seabold being pushed out at, at the uh, Brisbane Broncos because his record as Broncos coach is terrible. He's only won 43% of his matches as the Brisbane Broncos coach. And that's outrageous, especially considering how much money they're paying him and how hard they work to get him from South Sydney. Yeah, it's it's absolutely terrible. It it was it was a horrible game to watch. It, I I don't even know why I watched it. I was watching it in and out because it was that bad. Yeah. But like speaking of like you know like the Broncos under Seabold, mm-hmm. like um. Like before Seabold, the Broncos had conceded 50 points in a game five times in the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. But under Seabold, the Broncos have conceded 50 plus points in a game twice in nine months. Wow, that's unbelievable. I didn't know that stat. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And another wow. stat pre Seabold, mm-hmm. Broncos have been kept scoreless 11 times in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Under Seabold, Broncos have been kept scoreless twice in nine months. Wow. It's just not good enough. And especially considering some of the talent he has there, he's just not getting these players up for these contests. Um, if you were the Brisbane Broncos, would you be, would you look to keep him at the moment or would you look to get rid of him as quickly as possible? I'm not a fan of getting rid of coaches, Yeah, but I'd get rid of him. He's terrible. And, I, and, I hate saying that about yeah. anybody in anybody's job, but mm-hmm. the Broncos that I knew 
were a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. These Broncos, they're no better than the Titans. They're, they're like yeah. on the same level. Yeah, it, they feel as though, look, they feel as though they've got some really good players, but they're, you can break them. And that's what the Roosters did really early on in this game. And the Roosters basically did what they wanted to, which was unbelievable. Um, it was a good performance by the Roosters, but the Roosters haven't been setting the world on fire up until this game. It's not like we're saying, oh, man, the Roosters, they're in red-hot form and they just went through them so easy. Like, they just seem to do it pretty easy. Yeah, and hadn't hadn't the Roosters lost their first two games of the season? And yeah. like the, and then they had a massive break. Everyone should be starting fresh again. There's no there's no reason for the Broncos to be playing the way that they are. Exactly, exactly. Well, this uh, this loss drops the Broncos to tenth place on the ladder. Uh, they're for and against sees them minus seventy six which is only, I mean, that's the second worst in the whole competition, just uh, ahead of the Titans, who are absolutely ridiculously bad this year. Um, And, yeah, they've played the extra game, but, you know, this is a team that should be aiming for top six at least. And I know it's very early on in the season, but that just felt like one of those losses where you come away from it thinking, something isn't right here and I I just don't think it's the coach I don't think it's they've bought well I think that uh what do you change and it's got to be the coach I think I've just not been impressed by him ever quite honestly even when he was at Souths yeah and it just seems like a bad omen for the rest of the year for them for the Broncos to be playing that bad conceding that amount of points it it's unacceptable yeah, that feels, this, I mean, this is com- there's a, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, and this is coming from a Parramatta fan. I'm used to seeing my team, you know, concede points here and there. <laughs> well, the, I mean, there's the famous statistic that if you concede 50 points in the season, no Premier has ever conceded 50 and won the Premiership. Um, so you could almost rule out the Broncos there because it feels like it, like it breaks a team. Once they get past that mark, um, I wonder if that like the two best coaches that are available in mine and Andrew's opinion are uh, Jeff Tuvey and Anthony Griffin. Now, Anthony Griffin used to coach at the Broncos and was pushed out of there. So I don't imagine they'd go back to, to him. How do you reckon Jeff Tuvey would go at the Broncos? I love Tuvi. I was going to say, why is Tuvi never, ever brought up when they're talking about coaches? Yeah, I don't he know. Deserves, he deserves to be a head coach. He does. He does. And I think I... that with their forwards, he'd be the absolutely perfect coach for them. Um, and I think we, we talked about it. Me and Andrew talked about it in the last episode as well. I, yeah. I just, they could do that tomorrow. If they wanted to, I'm sure Jeff Tuvey would love to coach the Broncos. The thing I'm hoping they're not doing at the Broncos is saying, hey, Wayne Bennett, next year, let's get him back. No. Do you know who they'll be thinking of? Who? McGregor. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You know how there was some talk that, because Paul McGregor's on the hot seat too, and there was some yeah. talk that... Uh, the golden cock, Peter Volandis, was going to 
decide that um, Flanagan's lifetime ban from coaching that was cut down to a couple of years was going to be cut down to never so he could take over the, the Dragons. Imagine if they did that. They said, look, Flanagan, you can coach whenever you want now. And he said, sweet. I'm going to the Broncos. <laughs> Imagine yeah. what that would do that to the Dragons. Yeah. Man, that would be I... terrible for them. Yeah, I can see it happening too. Yeah, I, I kind of can too, eh? It's not like Flanagan is known for being, like, chilled. <laughs> mm. would you, who would you want coaching the Broncos? Would you rather Flanagan or Tuvi? Tuvi. Yeah, I'd want Tuvi as well. I think he'd fit better there. Mm, I love Tuvi. Yeah, so do I. He's a he's great. Tuvi's hot. Jeff Tuvi's hot. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Everyone knows it. Tuvi's hot and he's got a great yeah. voice. Everyone knows. First of all, he sounds like he, he gargles on f- fucking uh, gravel every morning. Oh, he's awesome. I love him. He is. He is awesome. I, I would really love for him to do that. I, I think the only thing that would stop the Broncos making a coaching change right now is they'd have to pay out Seabold. And I think Seabold's on a lot of money at the Broncos. Um, and to change coaches so quickly, I mean, he's only been there, he only arrived there last year. To change coaches that quickly is a real, it's a big decision for a board and a CEO that has to spend that much money because they made a mistake. Parramatta do it all the time. Yeah, but Parramatta's garbage, you know. Parramatta's what they call shit. (laughs) Hey. It's true. I know, but it's not nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just being honest here. Jeez. The Paramount boards are terrible. They are. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that because they're You're my team, and, and I've got a website now, and I want to be any, on their good side. Anytime, anytime that a board election comes out up at the Paramount Eels, and it's just these old footballers that want to be on the board, and then you know. Fucking Brett Kenny pops his head up and says, I'd go for a job. It's terrible. I don't like it. I love Brett Kenny, but jeez, Brett. Um, so, yeah, that was that was one of those games that I sort of felt like we had to talk about a little bit. Um, and, yeah, the Broncos, I think, I think that that's a bad enough loss that you can say it's time for change. And, I, yeah, I'd be calling Jeff Toovey straight away and saying Toovey's I know you can't legally come over the border, but surely they can, like, do some sort of, like, paratrooper move where they drop him out of a plane and he, you know, skydives in like Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Halo jump. They need to do something. Yeah, they need to do something. Like, it'll be interesting to see how the Broncos play next week. Mm Mm-hmm. They'll probably be like the Dragons. Just... Crap themselves on the ground. Yeah. So who are they playing next week? The Broncos are playing. Let me see. Uh, Please be Dragons. I've got must have gone past it. Oh, it's, uh, they're playing the Seagulls. They're going to get whipped. Yeah. 
the Seagulls kicked out. Nah, nah. Man. Um, so you're a Parramatta Eels fan. Yep. Tell us what it's been like so far because your Eels are undefeated. Yes, they are. And it's quite nerve-wracking and scary. Why is that? It's like there's this thought in the back of your mind going, oh, we could be premiership favourites. We mm-hmm. could win a premiership. No, 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 don't think of that. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's, I just don't want to be disappointed by them. Because mm-hmm. there's been so many years when they, like, you know, they could have made the eight and then mm-hmm. all they had to do was win one game out of three and they fucked all their three games up and, like, yeah. they lose to, like, back then, a really bad yeah. Raiders. And you're like, you should have won that. So I've, I've always got this feeling that, you know, they're playing really, really well. But what are they going to do to disappoint me? <laughs> <laughs> it's look, they're looking really good, and there's so many things that it is. It's all positive, positive, positive. Um, I they haven't really been tested too much so far this season, so it'll be interesting to see how they go when they're really properly tested. And this weekend they play the seventh place Sea Eagles, who. I don't know where I rank the Seagulls just yet because they had that big win last week against the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs aren't a very good team. I think this will really be an interesting matchup in terms of where are the Seagulls and if the Seagulls play well, how the Eels respond to that. Yeah, yeah. It will be interesting to see the, the Eels play, you know, slightly more competitive teams and yeah and how they respond when things aren't going all their own way and and also with with the drawn outs like it's so confusing about where they're all playing so like Parramatta play really well at Bank West yeah so that will be really good for them this season if we have a lot of them at Bank West but Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they're away because they've always been terrible away from home. Well, they've got, I believe this game is a Bankwest Stadium. The following game, though, they're going to get their asses whipped because they play the mighty Penrith Panthers who are undefeated so far this season. Um, yeah, so that'd be a good com- game. Commiserations on that loss just ahead of time. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not happening. We're going to beat Panthers. Oh, you reckon? Oh. Yep. Fucking little misconfidence over here. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter that I worked out that the Panthers are the world club champions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paramount is still going to beat Panthers. Okay. We will see. We will see. It's uh, The Panthers play the Warriors tomorrow at 6 p.m. That's going to be a really interesting game because... I, I think that the the Panthers, look, they, they weren't able to execute. They did everything right except the execution on last tackles and, and stuff like that. Their game plan was very simplistic, which didn't help. They're coming yeah. up against a Warriors team that played really, really well last week. They did everything right. They had the highest completions 
uh, highest completion rate ever in an NRL match, which was incredible. And I have worried that the Warriors are going to fall off a cliff after putting in that good performance, but we'll see. That's the good thing about that's why we play the games, to see what happens. So I, as a Panthers fan, for tomorrow night's game, I feel quietly confident, but not too confident at the same time. Is Cleary back? I don't believe Cleary's back. I think he got a a two-game suspension. Let's have a look. No, Cleary's still not. Still not back. So it's still um, Luai and uh, Matty Burton in the halves that they've named. So mm. I think uh, Luai has to – he needs to step up in the halves. There's a little bit of talk around that James Tamo might be leaving the Panthers at the end of the year because they're only offering Ooh, him really? a one-year deal. Yeah. So – and I'm not upset about that. I think it's – I think that that's a lot of money you can, you can like, spare – and probably yeah. get a higher performer than James Tarmo. Yeah, he hasn't been as great as he has been, like, you know, in previous years. Yeah. Like, he's still a good yeah. player, but not up to his standard. Yeah, he's he's solid. Yeah. But he's, he's been paid very, very good forward money. Um, yeah. And it's just... You know, it's it's not he's not doing good enough. So I'm, I'd be happy if the Panthers let him walk. Um, yeah, but who have but, they got to replace him with? Like, who's available? That's a good question. I don't know. I would have been all in on going after Callan Ponga, um, but it seems like he's going to just re-sign with the the Newcastle Knights on a on a long term deal. But I would have been all in on going after him. Because yeah. I feel as though, like, there's a lot of very good forwards in the NRL, a lot of them. I feel as though you can sort out your forward pack. But a really classy back like Ponga, who, you know, you, you could put him in the halves alongside Cleary, which would be an amazing halves pairing for years to come. Or you yeah. could put him at fullback where he'd be just as damaging, you know. Um, and we, Yeah, he can play multiple positions, which is good. Yeah, yeah, and the, the thing about him too is that, um, you know, we at Penrith we haven't had a really good attack and fullback for quite some time. DWZ was probably the best that we had in recent years, so he should have been better. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm being negative. I was just expecting more from him. From who? DWZ. When he was at Penrith. Yeah. Yeah, look, there were times when he was really, really good for us, but there were too many of those games where uh, he was a bit quiet, and and that's a problem when you're looking for as much money as he wanted, which I think he was worth. You know, on his day, he's devastating. But, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a hard one to line up with, especially when they had so many highly paid plays in that Panthers side. Um I think they've got a good base at the Panthers, but yeah, I think as things freeing up that money from Tamo will be uh, will be a good thing for the Panthers if if that's how it plays out. Mm. Do you know who you need back? Who? Moylan. No, we fucking don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fucking <laughs> Matt Moylan. Somewhere out there, his hamstring just tore. I'm just, oh, I tried to say that with a straight face. I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm trying to think yeah, of a Gus forward. Gus kept going on about how great he was. Yeah. Well, Gus says some silly shit all of a sudden, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still waiting for him to start managing a player, by the way. Eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a player manager. Maybe he does have some. Well, who? He will announce when he's got someone. Oh, yeah, he'll announce it from the hills. You know, it's kind of like how I'm an artist. I'm just working on my first piece. <laughs> you know. Or I'm also an actor, I'm just between jobs. Um, yeah. Tomorrow evening, Storm versus the Rabbitohs. How do you see that one going? Oh, that... I, I initially want to go Storm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Craig Bellamy, Cam Smith, mm-hmm. that's the storm that's, like, always in my mind. Like, you know, they're consistent, they're fantastic, yeah. you know. Is it a home game or? Uh, I believe the storm might be playing at home. Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, the storm are playing at Amy Park. Yeah, so I want to say storm, but then Rabbitohs got Adam Reynolds. And he's good looking. Oh, is that how this works? Yes. Are you into the Adam Reynolds neck tats? Yeah, they're not too bad. Okay. Um, Not always a fan, but... Just depends. It's a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Um, Bronson Goodwin is in for the Rabbitohs, so that's a big blow to them. Um. I I kind of expect the Storm to absolutely belt the Rabbitohs in this one. I, I think that the, after last week's performance, the Storm will be um, yeah. they'll be geared up for a big performance. Mm, yeah, it is it is really hard to say, but Rabbitohs it it has to be Storm to win. Otherwise, can, oh, can you imagine the spray from Bellamy? Ah, oh, you'll be able to hear it from. All the states. You'll be able to hear it down there in South Australia. Yeah. Um. So who do you think is going to win between your Eels and the Seagulls at Bankwest Stadium, 5.30, Saturday afternoon? Eels? I've got Mitch Moses. Yeah, well, Will Smith is into the side. David Gow is into the side. George Jennings. Kafusi is in. Yeah, but remember... That's Mitch all Moses I want. He's good looking. Yeah, that's an good bench, by the way. Anyone listening? I don't. I don't look. Mitch Moses isn't my type. All right. That's not what you were saying earlier. What I was saying earlier is between you and me. Okay. I said that in confidence to you. <laughs> okay, I'll say no more. Yeah. You know. The passion I have for certain players, you've got to keep that to yourself, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just just like Andrew. He, how much he loves Moses as well. He he just hides it really deep. Yeah, you know, he's told me some very deep and personal and erotic thoughts about Mitchell Moses over the, the, the year and so that we've talked. And I keep yeah, saying to him... and the books he's yeah, been writing. yeah. Well, he's actually working on a, an, a biography of Mitch Moses, and he, he's just calling it Moses. I said, that's probably not great 
because that might get put in the religious section. He said, that's where it belongs, League Freak. <laughs> and then he looks down at his five watches and he says, it's it's his time. It's his time, League Freak. So, we have the sixth-place Cowboys taking on the 13th-place Sharks at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Who do you think is going to win that one? No Sharks Jason Taumalolo. Sharks because Sharks will eat a cowboy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes, my, my thought process of how teams will win is very, very technical, analytical, uh-huh. and complicated. Look, I tell you what, it's it's not any worse than some of the alcoholic journalists that we have in the game. So, um, two big outs for that one. Jason Tamalolo <laughs> out for the Cowboys. It's a big loss. Chad Townsend. Did you out, say out for the year? No, no, just for the Cowboys. No, he's out for. Oh. I think he's out. Going to be out for a couple of games. If he was out for the year, I'd be crying my eyes out right now. Oh, you just gave me a heart attack. I'm like, what? What did I miss in the last like day? <laughs> No, no, he's got a bit of a bone, bone bruise. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, okay. Chad Townsend. Excellent. Chad Townsend, he is out for the Sharks, and so their halves pairing is Matt Moylan and Sean Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's pretty far. Oh, oh goodness. Oh. So in that regard, I can't help but go for the Sharks, uh, for the Cowboys. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm saying that. Moylan. Yeah. Cowboys should win. They um, should. They should, but I'll, I'll try and stick with my Sharks will eat a Cowboy. Thank you. So yeah. Raider, Raiders versus Knights, uh, pretty clear cut, I think, Raiders. What would you say on your rating of, like, what eats what? <laughs> this is a bit dodgy. Um, Raiders, they'll okay. beat a night. Okay, okay. Uh, In a fight, they'll they'll beat them. And then the Sunday evening game, Titans versus West Tigers. Who have you got in that one? Tigers. Tigers will win. Yeah, I think the Tigers will it, win that one. Even though I should be saying, you know, a Titan, like a god, will beat a Tiger. But yeah. if I say that they're like a gladiator, well... You know, a tiger will eat a gladiator, so tigers. What if you just go by, like, when they have the abbreviated name on Fox Sports, so it's uh, Tiggs versus Tits? <laughs> oh, it's hard to say no to Tits, isn't it? Oh, I reckon, eh? Hey. Um, Tiggs. Yeah. Okay. So Monday night we've got the uh, blockbuster between the Bulldogs and the Dragons. Who have you got in that one? Dragons. Oh, I I kind of think they're both crap, but Dragons. Mary has to prove something. Yep. Otherwise he'll be gone. I, I don't think he'll be gone like until the end of the year because yeah. of the money and everything. But, you know, I can give people the kiss of death. So there we go. McGregor's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Maybe you should ask for an interview with him. Then he's really gone. Yeah, I got rid of half the refs, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know what? There's part of me with the Dragons that feels like they they already feel like this season's a write-off. They're not 100% happy with their team. And if they just go through to the end of this year, which is already a financial disaster for everyone anyway, might as well just, you know, keep that ball rolling. Um, mm. If they just get through to the end of the year, they'll have to pay him out less and then they can get rid of him and a few people within the club in terms of the recruitment and stuff side of it um, and maybe do a clean out at the end of the year rather than doing it bit by bit and it being disruptive for too long. You know what I mean? Yeah, but who would want to take over Dragons? I like Tuvi. Uh, look, I like Tuvi too. I think Griffin would be fantastic for them. Just get them back on track and playing some solid footy. Um, they're, look, they're the two standouts for me. Not Barrett? Definitely not Trent Barrett. <laughs> Trent Barrett. And look, if they can get him away from Penrith, please take him. You know, but... <laughs> Yeah, Trembert's terrible. Oh, um, yeah. What about Fittler? Look, I I thought Brad Fittler did pretty well when he coached the Roosters. Uh, I don't ever remember that happening. Did that ever yeah. happen in, like, the last 10 years? He took him over at a rough point, and, look, he didn't have any massive, awesome success with them, but I... I He's a different sort of coach. He's very laid back. And I think one of the problems that he had when he did take over the Rooster side, he was a bit young. And so he was still part of the player demographic. Whereas I think now it might be a little bit different. Um, And he he might be able to have that distance, which I think all good coaches need. There needs to be that line that I'm the coach, you're the player. And there's that, there needs to be that structure in place. It can't all be like, oh, we're all mates and, yeah, let's go out together and stuff like that. Um, so, look, I don't think – I think that it would be cool to see him get another job, but if I'm the Dragons, I don't know that i roll the dice on Brad Fittler when I can get a sure thing in a, a Tuvia or in a Griffin. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But in saying that, like, you know, saying like how you need some distance between, like, you know, when Brad Fittler was a um, a coach. I mm. think the exception to that rule would be Cam Smith. I think he could do it. I would agree with you, yeah. But I, at the same time, like, a, a lot of people feel as though he's going to be a really good coach. I do, too. I th- Look, I think... If Cameron Smith decided he wanted to be an NRL coach, he'd be great at it. If he wanted to be a commentator, he'd be great at it. If he decided, look, one day I'm going to run the NRL, I think he would get there and be great at it. Yeah. Um, I, I still think that you need to... You, one of the things that people underestimate is being able to be a man manager, I think. And I... I think that even though Cameron Smith, I mean, he's nearly 40 now, he's getting towards his 40s. I still think you need those extra years beyond that to be a really properly good man manager for for most people anyway. Some people can do it younger. But I I think if I was talking to Cam Smith and he said, look, I can go into coaching straight away. I've been offered a deal by the Titans. I become their coach next year. If I retire this year, I become their coach. I'm going to do it. I would say to him, have that break, um, work under Bellamy, and then 
go to a few different places and check out the different ideas that are going on stuff. And that's what I would do because I I do, I think that it says it's as much about, uh, you know, tactically you can be great and stuff. And there's the other thing too, a great player sometimes has problems being a great coach as well. Um, We've seen that a lot of times before. So, but I think he'll be a great coach one day. I really do. Mm -hmm. And do you know another criteria I think that every coach should have to do to become a coach? Yeah. Is I think they should have to do a bit of refereeing. Uh, like, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, would it? Yeah, so then at least then, I don't care if they've played the game as a player, get them to do a bit of refing so yeah. then they get the understanding of that side of the game as well. And then I reckon a lot of coaches, their attitudes towards refs and rules and everything like that would change quite a bit. Oh, 100%. Even if you said to them, look, you've got a, you, you've got a referee, uh, you know, a, a, what amounts to a full season in the lower grades. Like they're not going to become an NRO referee, obviously. It's, no. it's, but yeah refereeing at a certain level in the lower grades and you've got to do like even 20 games all up or something yeah just do a bit of work experience yeah that would be that really would that would be massive um in terms of the way they looked at referees yeah there you go blandis there's an idea for you yeah add that that. add that to your list (laughs) (laughs) well that's been a good episode i've enjoyed that yeah so did i Tell us about your website. Um, it's called rugbyleaguemums.com mm-hmm. and it's a site that helps predominantly mums and people who are new to the game um, learn all about it. Excellent. It's a fantastic website. Some really good articles have been posted on there and a lot of great information too. Thank you. And That's hopefully there will be a bit more coming up soon. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, now. <laughs> You've also got a Twitter uh, feed for Rugby League Mums. What is the Twitter feed name? Um, It is at RL Mums. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. Excellent. Yeah, and mine is at Eels Dance Mum. Okay, fantastic. And for those wondering, every time the Eels win, you post a video of yourself dancing. Wow. That's why it is. Yeah, from now on you should. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to remember that. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll try and get a um, Parramatta Eels cheerleaders costume and start doing a cheerleading dance in that. I think I speak for all of my listeners when I say, hell yes, do that. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> I'll have to try and find one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, for uh, if you're listening, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave a ridiculous review where you don't even mention the podcast until the very end. Uh, That's always fantastic. We'll get you up on the website if you do that, and we'll read it out on the podcast. You can email us, podcast at leaguefreak.com. Um, I get those emails, and so you can always get in touch with us that way. Uh, you can go to Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter. 
we're on Instagram or on Facebook. We're pretty much unavoidable at this stage. So, yeah. How about that? Yeah. And your website? My website. Yes, my website is... All of a sudden, you're the host. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) My website is leakfreak.com. There's a lot of... uh, new articles that I'm posting all the time. Uh, The podcast goes on there, things like that. And if you want to get involved with the Patreon, and I'm going to start getting my Patreon followers, I'm going to start doing stuff through Patreon. I'm I'm trying to set things in place so that my Patreon followers and contributors, they get a little bit something extra, you know, and I'm just trying to work out how that's all going to work at the moment. So get in board, get in early, um, that's patreon.com forward slash league freak. Uh, you can contribute for as little as $3 a month and it's everything goes towards the podcasting equipment and website hosting. So it, it really, really is fantastic if you're on board. Um, so yeah, yeah. And go to Andrew's one as well, patreon.com forward slash RL project. If you get involved with his one, it goes towards helping the digitization of rugby league's history, which is also very, very important. So go and become a, a Patreon of both of us. And it's uh, it's just amazing when you can support us that way. It's fantastic. So host, is that it? Yeah. Uh, yes. And I'd just like to thank Andrew for his tweets. That some may or may not have been used in this podcast. Just a few. Just a few. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's listening at the end, everyone will know which tweets got used. (laughs) Exactly. I also used Andrew's website for uh, Anthony Seabold's record and stuff like that. I always use Rugby League Project. It's a fantastic website. (laughs) Okay. Thank you as well for you being a fantastic host. Look, thank you very much for being a fantastic guest. And we'll have you on again soon. And uh, thank you to all our listeners for listening. Have you got any last words for them? Not that you're about to get executed, but any last words? Hey. Yep, that's it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>